0: Talk to my friend, Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew questions. Allen. As die conservative. I look this guy for wisdom. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. it.
1: Can someone please... Tell the Democratic Party that uh, George Orwell's 1984 is not a, a self-help book. It's it's not a manual. It's it's fiction, and it's a warning. It's actually a condemnation of authoritarianism. Not not a guide. Not a playbook. Sheesh! They, 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 I I am telling you. I mean, do you, I, it, it feels like these Democrats are 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 you know sitting there spending their day and their time reading 1984 and just using it as a directive for how to run the United States of America, how to radically transform it. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm going to get into some other stuff, too. Jenny Thomas, uh, they want to subpoena her uh, and bring her before the January six committee. That, that's Jenny Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas's wife. They have an interracial marriage, by the way. Uh, Uh, He's black. uh, She's white. That's what that means for the Democrat listening. Uh, Interracial black, white, you know, Uh, and and they're both Republicans, conservatives, Uh, Trump supporters, actually, by the way, certainly Jenny Thomas. But, you know, the 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 okay. so on Thursday, we're going to have the the economic results for the second quarter of the year. And the economists, uh, everyone is expecting uh, you know, I mean, the Democrats have been predicting they know that it's going to be bad because they've been trying to downplay it. And, it is, and it's worse than that. And I'll get to that in a second. But but uh, but, you know, the, the, the worry, of course, here is that we're going to be in a recession. I said when the first quarter's results came out that we're headed for a recession. We're in one. We just are waiting for the technical uh, requirements to be fulfilled, which has historically, by definition, been uh, defined. By two consecutive quarters of economic contraction, that would be negative GDP growth. Now it was uh, one point what five uh, percent, I think, negative one point five percent during the first quarter. It shrank by one point point five percent, and now it looks like it's expected to be worse. The economy actually got worse since the last bad news, which is not a surprise to anyone who's been paying attention. Anybody who is of sane thought, uh sound mind and body. So anyway, Thursday's gonna mark the official end of the second quarter, so we'll have those results in. Now, did you did did you think that the the Democrats might blame Putin this time around for the for the recession? It's Putin's recession. I mean we heard that with everything else, didn't we? It was it was uh Putin's inflation, it was Putin's gas prices, uh until of course it came down by six cents and then uh then they were they were Biden's gas prices. Imagine that celebrating the news that gas is only, uh, you know, six cents below the all time high that is a result of Joe Biden's policies, the Dem- Democrats policies, their war against oil and gas in this country. But anyway, so shockingly, I suppose you could say Biden and his administration are not using the Putin playbook. They're not using the Putin excuse. They're not blaming Putin. Uh, They're going uh, full on Soviet style. Um, And they're saying that uh, this isn't a recession. This is not a recession. So now they've just embraced denialism. You know, they call it climate denialism. Well, these guys are the recession deniers, the economic deniers, so this is their new strategy. They're not going with the blame Putin. That didn't work well for them because it didn't move the needle an inch in their favor as they head towards midterms. So it's worse than that. They're actually changing the definition of a recession. Can you imagine if I, you know, I, I, I get pulled over by a cop? You know, in California, I think the legal uh, uh, limits like 0.08 percent, right? Alcohol, blood alcohol content. Can you imagine I get pulled over? I blow a a one a one percent. I'm well over the the limit. I'm drunk driving, and I just, I tell the officer, hey, you, you know what, you know what, um, you know, drunk driving is no longer defined by 0.08%, it's actually defined by uh, 3%, so as you can see, I'm well below the blood alcohol content limit, and I am therefore not a drunk driver. Well, that's exactly what these people, the Democrats, are doing. Yellen, the uh, Treasury Secretary, So a recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of economic contraction, negative GDP growth. That is how a recession is defined. It's always been defined that way. And so they're coming out and they are saying that, no, 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 this this isn't really a recession because, you know, we're we're not looking at all the good news out there. So, I mean, this is like two plus two equals four. And they're saying, no, 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 it doesn't mean that anymore. It's two plus two equals five. This is this is actually the most extreme example of propaganda I think we've seen out of this administration. I mean, it shows that they are hell bent on embracing authoritarianism. They're not going to to uh, uh, exercise. They're not going to take responsibility for anything. That's not a surprise. But think about this: they are they are ahead of the economic numbers coming in, changing the definition of. A recession? Now, they can't provide what the new definition is. It's just Biden putting out, his administration putting out a bunch of gobbledygook trying to say, you know, "Ah, well, he doesn't look at all the evidence, you know, I mean, uh, here's something that's good. So it's not a recession, even though it's a recession. Nobody believes him. You know, Biden's been out there saying that this is the greatest economy in American history. Greatest economy in American history that he's, of course, responsible for. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. You know, so, so before, you know, remember they used to say inflation is transitory. Well, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she was on TV. Um, and by the way, anybody after Thursday who claims that this is not a recession, that we're not in a recession, uh, those are people who are expressing their loyalty um, to the authoritarians, to the globalists out there, who want to destroy America. That's what that will mean. Anybody in this administration who denies that this is a recession, defends it, well, they're they're the enemy of the United States of America. They're the enemy of you and me. That's what that'll mean. But Janet Yellen's out there saying, uh, this is a transition, not a recession. Yeah, yeah. Inflation is uh, just transitory. So Janet Yellen's not lying in one sense by saying that this is a transition. A transition to What? A depression? Because that's where this is really headed under these economic circumstances without a change in policy. I mean, this is so par for the course for these people and for the the Biden administration who refuse to hold themselves accountable, of course, because this is going exactly according to their plan in terms of the execution and in terms of the damage to the country. But of course the Biden administration we're heading towards a cliff. They see it. And instead of changing direction, they change the definition. And Biden's been out there before saying, oh yeah, we're, we're not going to be in a recession in my view. Now, you can learn a lot by the way these people speak. I mean, in their brains, I mean, they, they have been doing this for so long, they don't have to think about it many times. It's just automatic. The authoritarian signs. It's in their verbiage. It's in the things that they say. We're not going to be a recession in his view. It's not subject to opinion, it's objective, it's math. Two consecutive quarters of contraction. That is the definition of a recession. In his view, this is the greatest economy ever. His view is irrelevant. This is objective fact. This is numbers. And so that's why I say, you know, this is George Orwell's 1984. You know, war is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Remember, in Orwell's 1984, they had things that were counterintuitive, contradictory, right? So, the Ministry of Truth, that was the ministry that banned the truth. The Biden administration tried to establish the Disinformation Board. They were the ones spreading disinformation, spreading lies, controlling the narrative, keeping truth was their objective from the public, keeping us in darkness lying to us, giving them the authority to be the arbiters of truth. And I, if you're just joining me the first time, this is Drew Allen. I am the millennial minister of truth. Now, look, the Democrats know what they're doing. And you can look at 1984. That's why I bring this up. It's exactly what the premise of that book was. They, they By doing this, right, by denying reality, they are creating a world that is not not only isn't real, uh, but it, it's paving the foundation, paving the way. Well, it's elim- eliminating the bedrock of society, uh, our families, our system of government, everything, because there are no absolutes anymore. Men can be women, women can be men, right? They they question the definition of what it means to be a woman. That's not up for debate. We know it's biological. It's black and white. So we're in a recession, and they say we're not in a recession. This is propaganda that's intended to break people's brains because people can no longer think rationally. They cannot function. It's not debatable to say 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's the truth. But they say no, it equals 5. So people, people start to believe or question all the truth that they've ever known that's given us what? Stability. Stability depends upon rules. Organization and peace depends upon rules that people abide by. It's why we've been in danger for so long when they assault the Constitution like they do. If the Constitution is not absolute, then we have nothing. They can do anything they want. And we're seeing that more and more. We're seeing that with the January 6th committee. Lawlessness. So the world the Democrats are creating is is a rule without any rules. Uh, I mean, a, a world without any rules. It's not based in any, on anything true. So citizens, they'll believe anything they're told. That's why they do this, even if it's totally illogical. So they create this illogical world. Confusion is created, right? And we need some things to be truisms, black and white, so that we can make sense of the world, build relationships, communicate, interpret the world. Logic, and that's what's under attack. Logic, common sense, truth. And if we don't have that, then people will believe anything. Because it's the people who are in charge that get to determine what is and what isn't. So they're in charge, and so they can just simply say it's not a recession when it's been the rule for every other recession in history in modern American history. And now suddenly they say, no, 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 we're changing the rules. We're changing the definition. Anything can be true if they say it's true. And this is, by the way, why Democrats give bills names that are the opposite of what they do. Build Back Better is about destroying our country. Getting the COVID vaccine, they said, was to protect other people. What? No, it's not. It's never been about protecting other people. It's about protecting yourself. But that's part of the assault on truth on logic, on science. And all of this is intended to give them control, to render you and I dependent upon the government. They're reverse engineering America, as I've said time and time again on here. Now look, I've got Fauci, you know. Fauci's out there again. He's emboldened. By the way, his pension is more than the president's annual salary that he's going to take after he retires, supposedly. But, you know, they're mad that COVID backfired, that people are revolting, because they have unfinished business. This is what drove them mad when Trump won. They were on a path. Obama laid the foundation to radically transform America. Clinton was supposed to come in and finish the job, and she didn't win. And they lost their marbles. Their heads exploded. And Trump, they view, is still the greatest obstacle to that. And that's why they attacked him and tried to destroy him because he wouldn't do what they wanted. He interrupted their plans for you and me. He set them back. The fundamental transformation wasn't complete. And that's what Yellen means, Janet Yellen means, when she claims that recession is a transition, a transition to their utopia. Now get this, Fauci, Fauci, okay, do you think that we did, We should have gone further with the lockdowns? Knowing everything we know now, you know, we just had Dr. Deborah Burks admit that she always knew that the vaccines weren't going to prevent infection and that she says that they pushed them too hard. They oversold them. Look at the damage done to our economy, to our families, to our children. The mental health issues that exploded because of the lockdowns and all of it was done in the name of science and it was not nothing about it was scientific at all at all they had to manipulate data they had to lie to us 15 days to slow the spread 2 years Newsom still has emergency powers i believe congress does as well they have not given it up yet they're talking about bringing mass back and repeating march of 2020 essentially now do you think that we should have done more? Do you think that we should still be locked down? Are you upset that you have your freedom, sort of, back? Do you long for the days in which you were holed up in your house, unemployed? Getting an occasional 1200 bucks from the federal government? Well, Fauci misses those days. Fauci went on one of those TV programs, and he says he doesn't think we went far enough with the lockdowns. Can you believe that? after everything that we've been through, he thinks that we didn't do enough. We didn't lock down hard enough. They're never going to give up. They are never going to be content until you and I are abject slaves. Abject slaves. All right, so I want to get into this... uh, this Supreme Court stuff. I want to explain very simply to you what's what's happening here. The the so Adam Schiff was going on TV. He's he's telling us what's to lie ahead. He's laying the foundation, making the case. The January Sixth Committee, uh, Liz Cheney. Well, they want to subpoena Jenny Thomas. That is Justice Thomas's wife. Now they want to subpoena her uh, under the guise of. You know, getting access to her private communications. Asking her questions in an effort to tie Trump. Prove that he incited an insurrection. Now, Jenny Thomas is a private American citizen. She's married to a Supreme Court justice. Now, she did have conversations with people in which she suggested that the 2020 election was stolen. Well, tens of millions of Americans still believe that. And every day we uncover new evidence or new evidence is put out there and revealed to us that in fact the 2020 election was stolen. Counties and states violated their own constitutions, their own laws with the drop-off boxes that were illegal. They violated, had constitutional violations. There was ballot harvesting. People were paid to collect ballots and fill them in voting for Joe Biden and put them in drop-off boxes, that's all illegal. Every single thing. Every single bit of that. And so, on the one hand, they're basically suggesting that, you know, they're trying to criminalize dissent. Jenny Thomas questioned the election results, and that's insurrectionist behavior. She encouraged people not to certify the election results. Again, they had every constitutional right and authority and ability to not certify the election results. There's a process. A process. And how many Democrats question the 2016 election results? How many leftist Supreme Court justices believe that Hillary Clinton should have been president? How many of them believe in Trump Russia collusion? Every damn. One of them. There's been no investigation into that. There has been no committee. There was no committee set up to investigate those Democrats. We didn't get access to their private communications and emails. We didn't issue subpoenas. When they did that which they're accusing us, Trump, Jenny Thomas of doing. Now, the reason they're targeting Jenny Thomas has actually nothing to do with Jenny Thomas, and it has nothing to do with uh, Justice Thomas either. They, They are just in the way of their schemes. Now, this January 6th committee, the show trial, you're not the audience. The American people are not actually the audience. This is being performed for the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, because they are trying to Convince the Justice Department that there is a case to get a conviction on Trump. And they're watching. And the January 6th committee is trying to give them that case. But it would be humiliating for them to go forward with this case and not get a guilty verdict. That's why that hasn't taken place yet. Because they already tried to impeach Trump for inciting an insurrection via impeachment, and it failed. It hurt them politically. Trump was acquitted. And so now they have the January 6th committee because they're hoping the Justice Department will assemble a grand jury and give him the Steve Bannon treatment and render him guilty. But here's the thing. If they get the guilty verdict out of the prosecution from the Justice Department it will be challenged in court. Where will that go? It will go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is 5-4 conservative to activist. So they would overturn the verdict. Therefore, Trump would be found not guilty. And that's why the Justice Department hasn't made their move yet because this is part of the puzzle. They need to eliminate a conservative Supreme Court justice from the Supreme Court when and should this case go to the Supreme Court regarding Trump's impeachment. So they need it to be 4-4 four, four, because if it's deadlocked and you have 4 vote to overturn the unconstitutional criminalization of Donald Trump, and four people who vote to uphold it while well, the lower court ruling stands. Therefore, Trump would be unable to run for elected office because, per the Constitution, if someone is found guilty of insurrection, of being involved in an insurrection, then they are not permitted to run for public office. And so they're trying to get Jenny Thomas before the Supreme, before the J6 committee to put pressure on Justice Thomas to then recuse himself from the inevitable future case that will come before it so that they can get Trump imprisoned. This has always been about preventing Trump from having a private or public life because they view him as a threat and they want to eliminate that threat. But to do that, there are many hoops to go through and this has all been Strategized. This is their strategy. So that's what's going on. American. All right, this is Drew Allen. I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back.
0: The and we're right. back,
1: Drew Allen, Fight your millennial mis- minister of truth. Um, back to educate and inform here. So Malcolm Nance, he's an MSNBC senior analyst, (laughs) which tells you everything you need to know. You know, to be an analyst on MSNBC, you have to be a raving, mad lunatic. That is a prerequisite to working for MSNBC, especially for rising through the ranks to become their senior lunatic. So Malcolm Nance, now this is the guy, by the way, he uh, thinks he's G.I. Joe. He went over to Ukraine and pretended to be a, a soldier. He was gonna fight the Russians. Um, well, he was on somebody's show or podcast. I don't know. Uh, I forget which one I don't care to look it up. I mean these shows have, well I'm about to more people are gonna hear Malcolm Nance now than heard him on that other show. So I just want to play this clip for you because it really it really tells you uh, the state of the left in this country. It's it's on full display here. Uh their projection, uh their lunacy, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, these people are deranged lunatics. You know, uh, uh we're talking about the Biden administration, Janet Yellen, all these people trying to convince us that the sky is green, trying to tell us that oh yeah, recession isn't a recession, uh, up is down, down is up. Uh uh you know, uh freedom is slavery, war is peace. Well, This is the false reality of the delusional mind of a leftist, and Malcolm Nance is out there spouting it. So I'll play this clip, and then I'll address it. What
0: should Democrats be doing? It's battle stations. The Democrats, Joe Biden, all the rest of them need to understand, they are, what are we, July, August, September, October, November, you are four months from the end of American democracy. Four months. And we said that in 2020, and that was true then, too.
1: Oh, okay. Let's just pause it there for a minute. We are four months away from the end of democracy? Malcolm Nan, we are four months away from the end of democracy. We said it We said it in 2022, and it was true then. Is there anything that makes sense coming out of his mouth? So we're four months from the end of democracy. We said that in 2020, and it was true then too. What, in 2020, we were also four months away from the end of democracy? I, I, I mean, obviously, what he's talking about is that election. We were we were so close to the we, it was the end of democracy. What? How so? Your guys in the White House, Joe Biden. So you see this anytime the Democrats don't have absolute power and control, it's it's the end of democracy. You, you see what they're doing here? This game they're playing. Yes, yes. Only Democrats are looking out for America. Right. Right. They're uh, riding in on their white horse, are shining knights in armor, and they are defending democracy. And. You know, we were we the end of democracy was before us in 2020, and now it's before us again. Into tw- I mean, this guy's a lunatic. Let's just continue.
0: Right. But now now you're talking about putting a party in power in which there will never be another election. They will vote through every piece of legislation and defund every component of the United States government. They're not joking about impeaching Joe Biden every week, okay, and Kamala Harris and getting rid of people in the, in, or, ex, you know, expanding the Supreme Court, whatever it is they think they can do.
1: Who is it that is calling for expanding, stacking, packing the Supreme Court? That's not Republicans. That's Democrats. Now, they have tried again, just like they're doing with the recession, uh, you know they've said that we stacked, packed the Supreme Court by electing, uh, not uh, by by putting, using the 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 power that is given to the executive and then the legislative branch to nominate and confirm Supreme Court justices. There was that's not stacking. That's not packing the Supreme Court. That's what the Democrats want to do. They want to expand the court. He's saying, yeah, we want, the Republicans want to expand the court, expand that." that's what they're doing. I mean, the fact that these people can get on any of these platforms and spout off this stuff that is abject lies is beyond me. And these are the people that want to control information, be the arbiters of truth. They want to lie through their teeth and not be held accountable. They don't want to be questioned. And as far as getting every legislation, piece of legislation we want through, this guy doesn't even fundamentally understand the Constitution. He doesn't understand the separation of powers. If we take back the House and the Senate, we can't pass anything without the president, which is Biden or some other Democrat, who who, who can veto the legislation. So what is this guy talking about? If we take back the House and the Senate, if Democrats don't have power in the House and the Senate— we can ram through whatever we want? Really? Is Joe Biden going to sign off on every piece of legislation that Republicans pass? I don't think so. And how about oh, they're going to impeach Joe Biden and Kamala Harris each day. Well, yeah, I I hope so. I hope so. I mean, what hyperbole, too. They're going to impeach him every You know, like the Democrats impeached Trump on two different occasions. Two different occasions they They impeached him. Who is it that's impeaching people left and right? Who is it that is always investigating? That's the Democrats, not Republicans. Not Republicans. It is the Democrats who came up with Trump-Russia collusion, who invented it and tried to unseat a duly elected president. It's the Democrats who pushed forward this phony insurrection lie and impeached Donald Trump a second time. And they, they, you know, beat their chests so proudly. Yes, it's the first time in history a president has been impeached twice. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and a lot of these people, absolutely, it should be impeached. But listen to the projection here. All right, let's see what else this uh, genius has to say.
0: Even though some of it's crazy. First thing that they said, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert said We will criminally prosecute every person who took part in the January 6th investigation.
1: The Democrats are seeking criminal indictments on anyone who was associated with Donald Trump. They just got Steve Bannon. They've gone after Peter Navarro, any associate. They're going after Jenny Thomas. They're going after Clarence Thomas. They're trying to put Trump in jail to bar him from running from office again. I don't want to hear it from these people. You know why they're doing this? They, they, they fear this because they're guilty of sin. They do not want this stuff getting out in front of the American public. That's why this committee was always hell-bent on being comprised of no one who was a dissenting voice. That's why this committee is all Democrats. Their, their investigation is being conducted in private, in total secrecy, so they can craft this narrative. They're not investigating the things that actually need investigating. Why Pelosi turned down the National Guard? Why, why Pelosi didn't take any action to reinforce, uh, to, to put additional precautions, security measures in place, even though the FBI advised them to, warn them that this could get out of hand? Why did the Capitol Police officers allow the protesters to walk into the building? Why any of these? You know, who was the Fed who was out there screaming, advising, encouraging people to charge the Capitol? Who was that guy? We don't know. They just made him disappear. We're not supposed to investigate any of that. Let's finish out with Nance here. They're
0: talking about militarizing as a dictatorship, as a Duma, like in Russia, Congress. This'll be the end of Congress. We've already seen the end of the Supreme Court. We've seen the Supreme Court is no longer an instrument of justice. It is a political body that is looking out for its own personal political interest.
1: You know, uh, the rhetoric from the left is so dangerous. So dangerous. If they don't get their way, they are willing to burn this nation to the ground. They don't get their way So the Supreme Court is suddenly illegitimate. It's completely legitimate, of course, when they get their way, but if it doesn't go their way, it's illegitimate. So they question the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. They say it's a tool of politicization. That's what the Democrats use the courts for. The J6 Committee, they're, they're talking about Republicans destroying Congress. Look what they have done to Congress. While Americans are suffering from inflation, in need of tax cuts, in need of policies coming from the legislative branch that will actually improve the country, what are they spending their time doing? They're spending their time investigating this phony J6 insurrection still. They spent, you know, more than $30 million of our taxpayer funds. That we paid to do the Mueller witch hunt, which came up with nothing because they invented the, the Trump Russia collusion hoax. Imagine the audacity. They were behind inventing the Trump Russia collusion narrative, and then they used our money to pay for an investigation into something that they invented. That was the insurrection. And here's Nance having the audacity to accuse the Republicans of being dangerous. They've been investigating. Trying to incriminate their political opponents for six and a half years now? And he's saying the Republicans, they're going to destroy democracy if they have any investigations? I mean, Hunter Biden, that is unresolved. Joe Biden's ties to China, that corruption is unresolved. He lied on the campaign trail, repeatedly said he didn't know anything about his son's dealings. He never even talked to his son, and yet he's in emails. We find out from the Hunter Biden emails that Hunter all along was promising to set up his father with his known business associates and with potential future partnerships. And Joe Biden went to those meetings. He's pictured in photographs with those associates. And he told us he didn't know about it. The things this administration, this president, the Democrat Party for over a decade has gotten away with is outrageous. Outrageous. And yet they sit here and invent crimes that Republicans have not committed and try and ruin their lives, prosecute them for it. And then they say that we're the ones trying to destroy Congress, politicize things. Incredible. Incredible. All right, well, uh, more good news. Let's listen to Kamala Harris here. Um, You know, we're going to get into this uh, to close out. Kamala Harris, she is demanding, she says it's so important. Time is wasting. We must immediately pass legislation to codify abortion on demand up until birth. That's what she's calling for because she's concerned. You know what she's concerned about? Women are pregnant out there. Women are pregnant out there and they cannot be permitted to be pregnant. We must get them to abort their babies and anything that stands in the way. Well, you know, that's probably a a threat to our democracy too. The greatest threat to democracy since the civil war is uh, pregnant women. Here's Kamala Harris.
0: You know, listen, women are getting pregnant every day in America. And this is a real issue, and we need to act with a sense of haste about what is at play, what is at stake, and codifying Roe will be an important um, moment in terms of putting back in place protections for for the folks who are at risk. She just,
1: she just is in cape. I- you would think that she would have some training, there'd be some coaching going on to, to at least, it, I know it's, it would be an impossible task, but trying to make her likable, try and teach her how to speak, try and teach her how to be articulate. If I ever spoke like Kamala Harris, w- w- with her low level of IQ and, and inarticulation, I, I, I would lose my entire audience. I would have no audience. I wouldn't be invited on TV to speak. I wouldn't be invited on radio shows as a political analyst. I certainly wouldn't have anyone listening to me now. Well, it, you know, it's a pressing issue to us now because the folks, um, women are pregnant out there, and and we need to address and codify the Roe v. Wade because this is a, a pressing issue with the pregnant ladies, folks. You know, crazy, crazy. I, you know, it's it seemed like hyperbole when when people would call the the current state of the, the abortion movement out there, a death cult. But, but th- that is not hyperbole. Hyperbole. Kamala Harris sees an urgent need to codify abortion on demand because women are getting pregnant. I mean, firstly, just the way she presents it. it like, it's shocking. Women are getting pregnant out there. Can you believe it? That's never happened before. That's never happened before. The, 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 the modern democrat party and their stance on abortion what they are asking for and and look do not doubt me on this they're not worried about women not having access to abortion who are impregnated based on rape or incest that's not what they're talking about what they they may say that but what they want and what they push through in their legislation and what they're on the record saying time and time again they want abortion paid for by you and me the taxpayer up until birth that's what they want they make china's one child policy look benevolent because they don't seem to want any children i'm gonna, i'm going to i'm going to get into and finish my thought here with abortion fraud but i just i just want to address something else that comes to mind momentarily for a moment you know, there is a population control element to this, and I'll get into that, too. That, you know, that that's not conspiracy. Th- the thing is, none of these things that are authoritarian in nature are new. You know, the Greeks actually uh, had a form of population control. You know, you know Plato and Aristotle, those folks? Plato was a proponent of government controlling the population size via mandates and, and their laws and rulings. But you know, and it's the reason, reasons and rationale, the excuses have changed. You know, in in the Greek era, you know, Plato was worried about scarcity of resources, right? But Alexander the Great came along and proved why that was BS because they went and conquered more territory. the 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 resources were not actually finite. You can always you can plant more. You can become more efficient. You can plant more food. Alexander the Great conquered a large swath, and they actually needed a... And then the Romans, of course, exercised the opposite. Their population control was to expand their population. And anyway, you know, the Chinese, you know, are suffering greatly from their one-child policy that they enacted, I think, in the 70s, because now they don't have anybody to work. They've Decimated. They've intervened. They've limited their population so that they actually don't have enough people in the country. But, you know, and this is the thing, you know, they want scarcity of resources. They want scarcity of homes. That's going on right now, by the way, too. Uh, because of inflation, builders actually, you know, with the, with the interest rates going up, people can no longer afford to to take out mortgages, can't afford them. So they're not buying homes, they're renting. And builders aren't building new homes. There's going to be a shortage of homes. They're not building homes because they don't have anyone who can afford them anymore. And the reason they want scarcity in general of anything is because it leads to dependence. If there's not scarcity, think about it this way. They want to create situations and problems that you cannot solve yourself, right? So that they can justify government control and intervention. So anything that leads to independence, anything that gives you and me independence, it's it's anathema to the authoritarians. They've got to control everything, your healthcare, your pay, where you live, how you travel, where you can travel, climate agenda. That's what COVID was about, right? Fundamental transformation. That's what the climate agenda is about. Destroying the economy, taking control, and it's worked largely. I told you how the housing market now is cooling. Well, cooling, it's coming to just like a immediate stop. And they want this. They want people living in apartments. They don't want you owning anything because they want to own you. And, you know, with population control, we saw it in this country. That's the reason... You know, these abortion clinics were even set up originally. Why abortion was pushed by Margaret Sanger, for example, a Democrat eugenicist who wanted to reduce the population of blacks. Same thing with Jews, right? It was about cleansing. You know, you're trying to build a superior race and get rid of those people that you think don't don't contribute to society, aren't an added benefit, people that you don't want. The Jews, oh yeah, Hitler, you know, they're dirty, filthy people. We need to rid the earth of them. We need to build a master race. That's one reason people do it. But there's another reason too, and that's because they lose control when there's more people. You know, a population that's too large becomes harder to control. They can become unruly. They might not obey because the government is always smaller than the people. The ruling elites are always outnumbered by their slaves and servants. So they have to manage those numbers. They have to manage those numbers. It can't become too big. And it's also about choosing who's going to be born. People that are going to be obedient to them, that aren't going to cause trouble. So anyway, so Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan there, she just vetoed legislation to help that would have helped pregnant women. So Governor Gretchen Whitmer and people like Kamala Harris, as I said, they're pushing for abortion on demand. Abortion on demand is a term that describes abortion whenever you want it, for any reason. Now this isn't about a woman's right to abortion. They're demanding taxpayer-funded abortion up until the very moment of birth. Don't be fooled by what they tell you. That's what they're pushing. That's where this is going. That's where it's always been intended to go. And they're very upset, again, that their plans have been foiled. God forbid that 330 million people plus in this country may disagree about something like abortion, when they should be permitted, when they shouldn't, how those laws should be. God forbid that 50 states get, you know, each individual state gets to determine their own abortion laws. God forbid that the individual citizens in each state can vote to put people in office democratically to pass legislation that the majority of the people in that state want. Right? God forbid, you know. It's got to be from the federal government, the dictators at top, telling all 50 states what they have to do, what their abortion laws have to be. They don't want to argue. They don't want to make their case because we're seeing them lose right now. As they're making their abortion arguments now, they're revealing that they are a death cult, that this was never about a woman's right to choose. It was about devaluing life. It's about creating an issue for them to capitalize on, to divide and create, you know... Uh, new sycophants. So this bill in Michigan, it had a number of things in it that would have funded the pro-life movement. Now one of those things that, you know, okay, so you've got abortion clinics out there, right? And their purpose is to abort unborn babies. Their purpose is to instruct, to advise people to have abortions. That's why they exist. They only exist to take life, not to save it. Now, you're allowed to have abortion clinics. This is in the mind of the left, right? You are allowed to have abortion clinics which do that, which encourage and advise women to terminate their pregnancies, but... You can't have clinics that advise women to keep their unborn children, right? You see how this works? Authoritarianism. They don't want anything to interfere with their objective, and it's singularly focused on killing the baby. So this bill in Michigan, it would have provided $4 million, for example, to maternity centers. Maternity homes, I should say they're called. And these maternity homes, what do they do? They provide support services that are free to women who don't have a safe home or support, right? So there are many people that have, many women, you know, people with uteruses, because those are the only people biologically who can have babies. But these people, these birthing people, these mothers, well, they have abortions because they can't support the child. They don't feel like they're financially secure. They don't have, you know, maybe the man's not in their life. He's not responsible. And they're desperate. And they think that their only option is to abort the child. And a lot of these people, you talk to people who've had abortions in these circumstances, and they, they regret it immensely down the road. But they do it because they don't believe they have a choice. They believe their only option is to abort the child because that's what the left tells them. But there are people out there who want to help these mothers, to take that out of the equation, to give these women peace of mind, who are willing to pay these women, to house these women, so that they don't make that regrettable decision based on desperate situations. And she opposed this. Line item veto. Take it out. What I mean that is a, a absolute moral cause. Hey, you know what? If that's your if that's your concern, that you can't financially support this child right now, let me help you lift that burden. That doesn't have to weigh into your thinking. If if you if if there was a way for you to support this child, would you have the baby? The answer would be yes. They don't want that option. So this bill also proposed funding for adoption tax credits to parents who adopt. Again, people can't have children. They want to adopt. And Whitmer would rather have the child killed than adopted. What does that tell you about somebody? If you have the option to give your child up for adoption to a loving family that would benefit from that child and vice versa, if you have that option and then you choose to just kill the child anyway, what? rather have the child killed than pregnant women give birth and given support that child loved in another family and household why are they fighting for death why do they want babies killed so badly their lives snuffed out why do they not want children brought into this world why do they want to normalize and encourage abortion why do they want more abortions not less So when you start looking at it this way and see their actions, I mean, more and more people are turning on the the, the abortion movement because they're seeing it for what it actually is. They're seeing it for what it actually is. All right. This is Drew Allen. God bless you all. Until next time.